Once was a land of woe and strife Where the people were bereft of hope They prayed to their gods of might and light To deliver the heroes of old Instead they got Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? They may help or may not help you at all, depends on what's in it for them. They kick and they punch and they maul and they smash, they lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash, succeed or fail, it has to the tell, dungeons and debacles starts now. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. I'm your host and Dungeon Master, Kevin. We're off this week due to the Thanksgiving holiday. I hope you all got to spend some quality time with friends and family. I thought this was a good opportunity for a bonus episode to explain what happened in the aftermath of our villain's visit to the Grass Isle. I hope to do a lot more of these in the future just to give you some context of what's going on in the story. Just because our adventurers aren't in the scene doesn't mean that the world stops turning. If you're into that sort of thing, I hope you enjoy it. If not, no worries. We'll have a new episode out next week. Are you still with us? Good. So here's what's going on. The Grass Ark was originally supposed to be an episode or two to introduce the backstory of one of the saviors, Borsch Brumbreaker, and to give some flavor and some foreshadow. I also wanted to throw a moral quandary in our hero's path just because that's what us DMs do. To no one's surprise, they plowed through it. But I wasn't expecting our Dragonborn Juliet to attempt to do the right thing and expose the Chief for his dishonor. This is probably a good example of why you should ask even a minor NPC's name to get a feel for where his loyalties lie. If they had, Juliet would have known that the person she tried to expose the dishonorable Chief to was actually his brother. So now we find ourselves at a meeting of the Half-Orcs of the Grass Isle as they try to decide who the next leader is going to be. If you indulge me for just a second before we get to the episode, if you like what you're hearing and want to support us, please just take a minute and give us a review on iTunes. I know it's a drag for anyone to ask you to do something, and I confess, I'm guilty of it myself. But think about it, we're creating something you at least kind of enjoy, or you wouldn't be listening. For free. We have a Patreon, but a review is the best way to support what we're doing. It will get us out in front of more people looking for a D&D podcast, and it only takes a minute of your time. And it doesn't cost you a thing. And without further ado, on to the show. Welcome all to this meeting of the clans. Speak and you will be heard. I would like to begin this meeting with a prayer to Cord. Oh, Cord, give us the strength to... Objection! We've been over this, relax... Not all of us worship Cord, and it's inappropriate to begin a meeting of the clans with a prayer to just one god. We all know you do not hold to any god, Kaelan, but most of us follow Cord, and it's a tradition. Why are you being so difficult? I want to go on the official record with my objection. Fine, fine. We will have a moment of silence instead of a prayer if it gets this meeting moving. I have a full day, as most of us do, rebuilding the camp after the Great Fire. Amen. Now to the business at hand. 
how the next clan's chief of the Grass Isle will be chosen. As you all may have heard, our late chief Grom was killed in honorable combat with the strangers that came to our shores just days ago. Witnesses say he died, locked in battle, with the dragonborn that named herself Juliet. We also know that Grom was pursuing a romantic relationship with the dragonborn. We do not know if that is what led to the fight. Normally, leadership of the clans would have passed to Juliet, as she was the one who defeated him. But she cannot be found, and there is some debate among the tribes to whether leadership of the half-orc clans of the Grass Isle could be passed to an outsider, much less a dragonborn. I personally find that racist, and the reason our ancestors moved to this island in the first place, but that is not currently up for debate. That is because we believe she and her party left the island after they were attacked by Grom and some members of his tribe. We also know that Grom's brother, Gors, claimed that Juliet tried to bring dishonor to Grom by accusing him of cheating with a poisoned blade in a fight for leadership for the clans with George Bonebreaker. Gors claimed that Juliet came to him in the dead of night and attacked him. He says that after he defeated her, she claimed she had evidence of Grom's dishonor to deflect her treachery. Gors said he decided to give her enough rope to hang herself and prove her dishonor. He said she led him to Grom's tent and attacked him. She then set the tent on fire. Two other witnesses collaborate Gors' account of the arson. That fire spread to the grass and destroyed many tents in our community. Many were hurt and were still rebuilding. We're also still in the process of hunting more lions for skin to rebuild those shelters. We have also learned that Grom not only had poison in a chest in his tent, but also had the head of Tusk Bonebreaker. Gors said that Juliet planted that evidence. Juliet is not here to defend herself against those charges. Tusk clan initially thought he and his hunting party had been killed by lions a few miles from their camp. Witnesses at the Bonebreaker camp say Juliet and her party attempted to treat with Tusk for materials to repair the ship. They were granted permission to stay outside the camp, but left shortly after Tusk and his party left on their fateful hunting trip. Although it's odd that the strangers treated with Grom and then traveled a day's march to treat with the Bonebreakers, we have no evidence that Juliet or her party were involved in Tusk's death. Witnesses say that the party asked for supplies and were put off by Tusk until a deal could be made. We now believe Tusk was assassinated by Gors and his lackeys, and the crime was made to look like a lion attack. There's no other explanation for the reason Tusk's head was found in Gore's possession. Gore's denied any knowledge of a plan to assassinate Tusk and was exiled from the clans after losing a trial by combat with me, Rolak Ashida. Gore's is now without honor or a left arm. This matter is now considered settled.
There is also the matter of a missing heirloom. The bone breakers say Borsha's sword has gone missing. It was the last seen with Tusk, but it was not found with his body. Anyone with any information on its location is asked to come forward. Foraging and hunting parties are also asked to keep an eye out for it on their treks. I know we're not all bone breakers, but I believe we can all agree on the importance of the sword in our history and our culture. Anyone found in possession of bone breaker's sword without bringing it forward will be severely punished. Before we accept new motions, will the shaman please read back the minutes from the last meeting? Yes, Interim Chief Rolak. We discussed the lack of precedent for any member of the clans having claim to leadership when the current leader isn't killed in ritual combat. Jara Bentry made a motion to recognize our leadership based on a meritocracy derived from strength and prowess in battle. He also said that any consideration of Tusk Bonebreaker's juvenile heir taking leadership should be dismissed. The motion was passed. Yorsh Ash Eater suggested a trial by combat with a double elimination tournament with brackets divided into winners and losers with four wild cards based on family lineage with the four largest clans. The winner of the tournament would become the next leader. The motion was tabled for consideration after many amendments were introduced. Yuri Redhand suggested an arm wrestling competition. It would be open to all men and women of 16 name days and older. The motion was seconded but tabled until the logistics of the tournament structure were worked out. A motion was submitted to ask the Bonebreaker clan to rejoin the clans in the Grass Isle and seek their counsel for the process of selecting the new chief after evidence came to light that Grom cheated in dishonorable combat with the previous chief to gain leadership of the clans. That motion was passed. A motion was also passed to offer a formal apology to the Bonebreaker clan for Grom's dishonor in combat. Doral Bentry suggested making Juliet the Dragonborn our next chief as he witnessed her kill Grom in battle. This was seconded, but not voted upon, because all business was suspended until a pride of lions discovered outside the village were killed. Thank you, Shaman Grosnatsa. We will continue the discussion on how our next chief will be chosen and accept new motions. Please keep it brief, as we all have work to do. I'm Darish Ashida. Darish Ashida is recognized. Speak your peace. I propose the leader should be chosen by a lottery of all those past their 20th name day. That leader should also be chosen again every 10 moons. Random chance is no basis for a system of leadership, but we will vote. Does anyone support this? There being no seconds, the motion is dismissed. Next. I'm Hammock Bentry. Hammock Bentry is recognized. Speak your peace, old man. I propose the new leader should be chosen by the wisest and eldest of us. They have the most experience and wisdom to lead this tribe. Our leadership changes far too often because some young buck thinks he's tougher than anyone else and that could somehow gives him the right to be the leader. It's nonsense and wasteful. They should take all that piss and vinegar and save it for the hunt and games. 
That's what I say. Thank you for speaking your mind, Elder Harmak. But you know that's not our way. The clan should be led by the strongest, not the wisest. Does anyone second this motion? Aye! With no second, the motion fails. If I may, I'm Hermelin Grassdancer, and I have something to say. You are recognized, Shaman Grassdancer. Speak your piece. I have given this much thought, and have consulted with our elders and spirits of this island. I have also researched many forms of government throughout Suel, based on books traded and won from strangers who have traveled to these lands, and now I have an idea. I suggest a system by which we are ruled by a lower council of representatives of each tribe. They will be chosen by a vote by each member of each tribe. The number of representatives shall be proportional to each tribe's size, and serve as a representative for 24 moons. Those representatives will then choose a member among them to be a prime representative to make decisions in matters of war and who shall serve a tribe for 36 moons. To keep things fair among the clans, there shall be an upper council that will approve the decisions of the lower council and their members will be decided by a second vote. But there will only be two council members per clan and they shall serve the tribes for 48 moons. All decisions by the first council and the second council must be approved by the prime representative. In the case of the prime representative voting down the decisions of the councils, the prime representative's decision can be overridden by a two-thirds vote of the upper council. The prime representative will also choose a supreme council of nine wise persons chosen among our elders. They can overrule all decisions made by the councils and the prime representative if they are not in accordance to our ways as a people. The Supreme Council shall serve for life. That is the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. And I can remember when our old shaman wanted us to begin worshipping the lions and give them offerings to appease them. What you propose, shaman, would never work. Nothing would ever get done. There would be constant bickering and backbiting between the clans. The members would be currying favor with their clan and offering things they couldn't possibly make happen just to be chosen as a representative. All honor would be lost in the pursuit of power. It would be poison to our people. Is there a second to this motion? The motion fails. It's getting late and we all have work to be done. All those in favor of an arm wrestling competition to select the next chief, say aye. Aye. All those opposed, say nay. 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 The motion carries. The next chief of the clans of the Grass Isle will be chosen by an arm wrestling competition to be held over the next two days beginning tomorrow at noon. It will be a single elimination trial and none of that wrapping your thumb over the top nonsense or bending the wrist. So say we all. This meeting of the clans is adjourned. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Dungeons & Debacles podcast. A lot of people say this, but we really do want to hear from you. 
Are we shinier than a platinum piece? We're stankier than a cobalt's loincloth. Let us know what you liked and didn't like. Everything helps this make a better podcast for you. Got an idea for monsters, items, and commercials? Let us know about it. You might hear it in the show. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Dungeons and Debacles Podcast. We also have a website where you can learn more about the characters, lore, and maps of this world. You'll also find articles about Dungeons and Dragons and a whole lot more. Just search Dungeons and Debacles Podcast. Do you think the government of Luskane is spying on you and you don't have a social media account? Then email us at dungeondebacle at gmail.com. You can also check out the theme song and all the commercials you heard on the podcast on our YouTube account. Just search Dungeons and Debacles Podcast. New episodes come out every Sunday, so check your podcast app. And now a word from this week's sponsor. Are annoying adventurers stealing your treasure and slaying ye hard and magical beasties? An expertly crafted dungeon may just be what ye need. Hell, I'm Brog Stoneshield Jr. of Stoneshield and Sons Dungeon Contractors. When me pal started this business, he had but one philosophy. Help people protect what they worked so hard to get. We have free in-tower consultations to design a lair just for ye needs. Our expert Robin Stonesmith will help you build a dungeon of your dreams, and we can work with any budget. Spike traps, we got them. Flame pillars, no problem. Bottomless pits, we're the best in the business. Do you already have a dungeon and want to upgrade? We can help make it even more secure. With a combined 600 years of experience, there's no dungeon too big or too small. We do them all. Just contact Stone Shield and Sons Dungeon Contractors for all your dungeon needs. The music you heard on this episode was Drums of the Deep by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. You can find that license at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0.